This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 62. A little lengthy Bible reading, but it'll put us where we need to be. Matthew 27, verse 62. Now the next day that followed, the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceit that the, that deceiver said while he was yet alive after 3 days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. And I'll pause for a second right there, just get you guys caught up on that. The chief priests and Pharisees were afraid that the disciples would steal the body of Jesus and say he was raised. So they said, Give us some guards. Give us some guards, Pilate. So he said, all right, here are your guards. And they put the guards there, and he, they even sealed the stone. They sealed it. And then there in chapter 28, verse 1, going right immediately there. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, that kept, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. So the guards were terrified. Amen. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto, into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And he departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. Amen. His joy today in the resurrection. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail. And they came and held him by, his, by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going... Behold, some of the watch came into the city, and that's what we were focusing on, and shewed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. So they gave him a lot of money, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. 
And if it come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until, until this day. And for our text, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 17. Don't worry about flipping to it. It's one verse. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach for a little while on the title of the message, Trying to Keep Jesus Dead. Trying to Keep Jesus Dead. Mr. Larson, can you stand for the message? Come to you now, Lord, thankful that you are alive, that you rose from the grave. Bless Pastor now as he preaches your word. Give him an unction of the Holy Spirit, that he might preach your word, that we might receive it. If there be anything in our hearts that needs changing, God, which there most definitely is, God, change it. Make us more righteous, more holy, and more confirmed, more conformed to your image. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. We have gathered here on this special Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was crucified in order to pay for the sins, thus saving those who accept Him as Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. And although we enjoy celebrating His birth at Christmas time, we enjoy giving Him thanks at Thanksgiving, none of it would be possible if he were not raised from the dead on the third day. Amen. There have been many people claiming to be the Son of God, many people claiming to be God, many claiming to be something. But what sets Jesus apart from the rest, don't worry about what's going on out there, it's okay. <laughs> what sets Jesus apart from the rest is that he isn't dead today. He is not dead today. We are serving a living, resurrected Savior. Amen? Amen? We are celebrating it. In our Bible reading, the guards who were placed to guard the tomb ran and told the Pharisees all that they had seen. How this angel came and sat on the tomb, on the stone, rolled it away. How they were terrified. And there was no way for these religious rulers to stop the fact that Christ had risen. They did everything they can. They put guards in the way. They, put, they sealed it. They could, all they could do is suppress the information and to keep Jesus dead figuratively. And this tactic of suppressing the gospel is still being used today. See, like I said, we enjoy the birth of Jesus. We enjoy all the other Sundays that we come together and Bible studies and all the times of worship, revivals, conferences. But it's in his resurrection that Jesus proves who he said he was. Amen. It's in the resurrection that we are here today. It is in the resurrection that what Paul was saying there in our text. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. If it wasn't for the resurrection, we would not be here. But I'm glad for the resurrection. I'm glad for a risen Savior. I'm glad today. Amen. 
Without the resurrection, we are wasting our time this morning. We could be sleeping. We could be out looking for eggs and bushes. But I'm not looking for eggs and bushes. I'm looking for a blessing from Christ the Savior. I'm looking for a revival in my heart and in my life. I'm looking to give Him all praise. Amen. Without the resurrection, there is no freedom from sin. There is no healing. There is no love. There is no mercy. And there is no grace. Show me a world without a resurrection. And I'll show you a world with a resurrection. It'll be a stark contrast between the two. Amen. Without the resurrection, there's no accountability either. I'm glad for accountability. I'm glad that Jesus held the world accountable and put the sin upon himself and took it to hell and paid the price. And on the third day, he was raised when that price was paid. Amen. In the Bible reading, we were talking about the Pharisees. They were a group of religious leaders who took over the Jewish religion about 165 B.C. And there's more to a history than that, in which we don't have time to cover today. But praise God. Essentially, they were a bunch of religious activists slash politicians. And Jesus spoke about them on many occasions and how they became very powerful and loved the admiration of the people. There in Luke eleven forty three, he talks about this. He says, Woe unto you, Pharisees. Oh, Jesus got down to where they were living. People say, oh, you can't judge me. You shouldn't say mean things to me. There's a difference between saying things mean out of your heart and standing up for truth. Amen. There's a huge difference. He said, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the marketplace. They love the fanfare. They were like a celebrity. They loved the red carpet. They didn't care about the religion. They didn't care about God and the way of righteousness. They cared about their own personal gain. They hated Jesus simply because they did not want to lose their power. They weren't necessarily going against anything Jesus necessarily was saying about fulfilling the prophecy of the Messiah or whatever. They were afraid of change. They were afraid of the prophecy being fulfilled because then they would have to worship him. But they wanted the worship. The Pharisees wanted it. They would lose all power and all authority. And that includes the high priest himself. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus became our high priest. Amen. He became the high priest. So when Jesus rose from the grave and the guards told these religious leaders what happened, they paid the guards to keep quiet. And they came up with a story to hide the truth of the risen, victorious Savior. They said, tell everybody, if they ask, only if they ask, Tell them that his disciples came and stole his body. Somehow they got past the guards. Somehow the disciples were able to break the seal. Come on now, that's not what happened. But he said, make up a lie. Hide it. Censor it off Facebook. Go ahead. Amen. You know when something's the truth when it disappears real quick off the news. Yeah. That's why you don't hear reports of great things that God's doing around the world. They, they shut that up real quick. You hear about healings and stuff? Oh, you won't hear that in the news. They won't cover that. But I've seen it. I've been part of it. Amen. So they paid the guards money. Said, we'll protect you if the governor asks what happened. We got you covered. We'll cover it up. And you know what? This lie still continues to this day. 
2,000 something years later, this lie, and it's not even just that lie in particular that the disciples stole the body. Many lies are being told about the resurrected Savior. Many lies. See, Jesus had a mission. He came to deliver mankind from sin and from hell. That was his main mission. And we all know this verse. We know it very well. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever... We preached about that a couple weeks ago. Whosoever, that's you, that's me, that's the quarterback, that's the homeless person, that's the rich man, that's the poor man, that's the black man, that's the white man, and all whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But that's the mission. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, that the world through him might be saved. Amen. That was Jesus' mission, to save those who call upon his name, who believeth in him. And then there in Luke 4 and 16, we go into a little depth of more of what Jesus was going to accomplish. And here in Luke 4, verses 16 through 21, is actually prophecy from Isaiah 61. But here, let's, let's read it, Luke 4 and 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So Jesus came to the synagogue on a church day, on the Sabbath day, and it was his turn to read. So they handed him the scriptures. Oh, thank God for the scriptures. His precious word of God. I love it. So they gave it to him and he found where he wanted to read. And he said there in Luke 4 and 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were there in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. But look what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen for the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. The greatest news that has ever been preached on this earth. That goes back to John 3.16. That we can be saved through the Son of God. Amen. And he said, to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus still heals the brokenhearted today. He heals it. He comforts us. He lifts us up to preach deliverance to the captives those who are captive in sin those who came before Christ uh, the Old Testament saints everybody gets to hear the gospel deliverance and recovering of sight to the blind both literally and figuratively right. uh, we know that Jesus healed the blind man many times the blind men many times but he also healed our blinded eyes when we were blinded to sin Jesus opened our eyes and we saw the path that we were going down amen and set at liberty them that are bruised I'm glad for freedom in Christ today we are free from the bounds of Satan in this world Jesus came to accomplish a good thing. No one could say that Jesus came to do bad things. He came for the right reasons. But there are many to this day who want to keep Jesus dead by telling you he wasn't raised from the dead. The Bible isn't true. 
He's not real. He's made up. Well, he was just some teacher. They want to keep Jesus dead. See, Christianity is illegal in over 50 countries. Many of them have include harsh prison time to include to even having execution if you are found with the Bible. Why? Just like the Pharisees were afraid to lose power over the people, many nations, especially those under dictator rule, are afraid to lose power. They don't want to lose power. They know a nation who worships a risen Savior is a free nation. Yes. And I know America has problems. But we're still the most blessed country on earth. And there, there, I was watching a video the other day. It was uh, some immigrant came over and they brought, uh, they brought him to a pet store. I don't know. They, were just, they brought him to a pet store. And he was just so marveled by just how much stuff was on the shelves for just animals. They didn't show him going into a human grocery store yet. <laughs> He's going to be amazed when he sees that. Because his dream was for him and his father to always own fish. But they couldn't. Because they were born in a, you know, they were living in a very poor country. They always wanted to, but he can go and get all the fish he wanted and fish tanks and food and decorations for the tank. And I, I made a comment on the video. I was like, wait till he sees a cheesecake menu factory. A cheesecake factory menu. If you've ever been to Cheesecake Factory, that menu is what, like 10 pages long? There's a lot of stuff on that menu. Why? Because we live in a blessed country. We can have that. We don't even think about some of the food that we can so readily eat. We can just go to the grocery store and pick up where we want. Other nations, you don't have that. But we are a blessed nation. Communism especially hates Jesus because the people will look to Jesus to supply their needs instead of the government. There are many places in this nation that also do want to keep Jesus dead. In 2015, the mayor of Houston demanded that preachers turn over their sermons to check them for content violations. Said, I want to see your sermons. I want to make sure you're not preaching anything that goes against what we're trying to do. Our movements, our uh, way of lives, and whatever. Well, we got to check your sermons. Students in many districts cannot carry a Bible in their backpacks. Churches were forced to shut down during COVID while pot shops and liquor stores were allowed to stay open. And that was deliberate shutting down churches because they sat down with the governors and they talked about that what can stay open what shouldn't be open and they singly they singled out churches i know the 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 store i work for a contractor and we, we provide a service to a an outdoor supplier an outdoor store it's retail, but they were allowed to keep their stores open because they sold camping food and energy bars for hiking and, you know, stuff like MREs. Not really groceries. You don't need that stuff. But they were able to stay open because of one little thing. But churches couldn't stay open. Preachers couldn't go visit people in the hospitals. We couldn't go door to door to check on people and love on them. I don't think so. 
They tried to shut the gospel up. Couldn't even gather in our own homes during COVID, but they could pack hundreds of people in City Hall for a protest. Satan's goal is to keep people on the pathway to hell and to keep them as far away from church as possible. He wants to keep you away from anything or anyone that will tell you that Christ has been risen and that he can deliver you from sin. That's all he has to do is keep you away from the gospel. What else do they not want you to know about Christ being raised? The rules of this world. And we'll go ahead and throw the politicians in there. Both sides. Both sides. It doesn't matter if you have a D in front of your name or an R in front of your name or an I. Celebrities and everything. They want to keep Jesus dead because they don't want you to know that you can be healed. They don't want you to know that you can be healed. Because Jesus still heals. Amen. How do I know? Because I've been healed. Amen. I've seen healing. We knew a lady who had stage 4 bone cancer. They gave her the death date. She came to a revival and got healed. Amen. Amen. And you know what? By and by she did go and pass on. But God still gave her more time. We're all going to go. But we're not going to go until God says it's time to go. Amen. Yes, and until then, God's going to touch our bodies. Now we're not discrediting doctors. I went to the doctor the other day. I thank God for doctors. I thank God for putting that, that ability in people's hearts and, and the intelligence in their mind to become doctors. But like I said before, doctors can cure, but only Jesus can heal. Amen. Two different things. Amen. They don't want you to know that Jesus can heal. They don't want you to know that he can break addiction. Amen. Ooh. They make too much money off you going to rehab every few months. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not putting that stuff down either. But I'm saying, you want true freedom? You want to uh, be done with it once and for all? And not have that desire? You get Jesus in your life. Amen. He breaks the addiction. Yeah. Rehab tells you how to overcome it. But we're talking about breaking addiction. Breaking it. We've heard so many testimonies of people saying, I came down to the altar, I gave my life to Christ, and guess what? I don't have any withdrawal symptoms. Rehab, you got to go through all of that stuff. Withdrawal, uh, accountability, and so on, so on. Check in with this person, check in with that. Inside, outpatient, back and forth, back and forth. But you know what? With Jesus, you don't need that. Amen. You don't need that. You just come down and get one touch from the Master. Amen. Amen. And we have people who can testify to that. They don't want you and your family to have peace and hope. What do they want you to do? They want you to medicate yourself. Through drugs, through alcohol, through things that are destructive. They don't want the children to grow up serving God. They want them to be added to the statistics. They really do. They enjoy reporting Terrible news. You can see it on the newscasters' faces. Today, four people were shot. And they smile. They like to spread the bad news. They like to spread hatred and division.
They love when the numbers go up. That's why they're freaking out about. It. That's why they're, now they're trying to push COVID again. Trying to uh, they now they're talking about another shutdown, another lockdown, this, this, that, that. Because they enjoy it. There are many churches that don't want you to have those things either. Like you were saying, sir, you got these big mega churches, and some of them are genuine. But some of them you gotta ask, how do they get so big in a world that hates God so much? Have you ever even heard the Pope preach anything about Jesus? Or do you just hear him talk about some sort of political issue or, some, or world peace? Anytime they, you know, Christmas or Easter, they always have the Pope go up and he, they, they give a quick uh, uh, summary of his address. It says, the Pope is calling for peace in Ukraine. Okay, that's good. I like peace in Ukraine. That's good. But without Jesus, there will never be peace anywhere. There'll never be peace anywhere. To keep Jesus out of schools, to keep him out of the workplace, to keep him out of your home, to keep him out of the church is the only way the wicked order of this world can hold on to their power. All the while you sink deeper and deeper into sin. You don't have to let that happen today. You don't have to let that happen today. You know, you've made it here this morning. We are preaching about a living, resurrected Savior. And he is letting you know that there is more, that he is more than able. That he is more than able to come into your life and bring you what the world doesn't want you to have. What the Pharisees didn't want you to have. But you know what? I'm glad that their lie failed in my life. I'm glad that their lie failed. See, like I said, they tried to come up with this lie that the disciples stole the body of Christ. But the Bible tells us this. 1 Corinthians 15-3 For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Okay, this is Paul who also hated Christ at one time, who also tried to silence the gospel. But then he got saved. Amen? Amen. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Even the Old Testament talked about Christ being raised. Amen? And that he was seen of Cephas. That's Peter. And then of the twelve. And that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once. There were some witnesses that Jesus was raised. Yeah, yeah. I remember something that they talked about, uh, the Watergate scandal. They said there was, what, four or five people involved in Watergate, and they couldn't keep things quiet? How do you expect 500 people to come up with a lie that Jesus didn't raise? Come on. Come on. You can't even get a couple people in a group to play in a surprise party without somebody slipping the secret to the, the, the birthday person. 500 plus people seeing Jesus alive at the same time? Yeah. You're telling me that they all kept a secret that it was a lie? Mm. That we stole the body? Please give me a break. Five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are fallen asleep. And that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. 
And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Peter, I mean, Paul saw Jesus in heaven. The Bible tells us that he had visions. He saw things. Paul saying, I was taken up to the third heaven. And I saw things I can't even speak of. And I'm going to be honest with you today. I have not physically seen Jesus. But I do not need to see him to believe because I have plenty of evidence that he has been risen. Yeah. How? Why? You want me to show you? You just got to look at me because I have this experience of a life-changing salvation. I have been changed. When I needed a savior, the world didn't come to me. Buddha never came to me. Muhammad didn't come to me. When I was crying out for something more, no one came and knocked on my door from those groups. The Jehovah Witnesses didn't even come and knock on my door. The Mormons didn't come. None of them came to my door and invited me to their uh, church or their synagogue, their temple or whatever. None of them came and delivered hope to me. The government didn't rescue me from my sin. You know who came? Jesus. Oh, Jesus came. He sent his preacher to me. A Holy Ghost filled, born again, spirit filled, everything you could say. Christian came and told me about Jesus. The day after I prayed for God to send someone to help me. Amen. That's more than what I needed to know that this God that I serve is real. I have seen healing. I have been healed. I have felt the presence of God on, one, on more than one occasion. I have partaken in the goodness of the Lord. There is no doubt in my mind that I serve a risen Savior. Amen. I am the evidence of a risen Savior. And if you knew me before I got saved, you would definitely say, oh yeah, Jesus is real. Yeah. To see him now, something had to have changed in his life. Amen. Sometimes we need to reflect back on our past life. We really do got to go back down memory lane and see how far God has brought us through it all. And I know many others who can testify that Jesus is alive and well and he's working in their lives. Amen. Healing their bodies and their minds. The world cannot tell me that Jesus is dead. It's too late to bring that lie to my ears. Because I know my Redeemer lives. Sir, if you could get ready. So the question I've got to ask. What about you this morning? Do you believe that he's alive? The world may try to shut him up. But what about you? What about you? I don't care what the celebrities are saying. I don't care about what the politicians and the, the wise men of the world are saying. What about you? You came here this morning for a reason. Are you going to continue to lie to yourself and say that you don't need Jesus in your life? Are you going to continue to say that there is no hope for yourself? The very message this morning is not something I came up with. God put it in my heart several weeks ago. It's from God. And he wants you to know that Jesus is alive and is waiting to come into your life. All you have to do is believe that he's been raised from the dead. And that he wants to come into your life. 
and make you new. As we bow our heads and close our eyes in reverence to him, what about it this morning? I don't know what's going on in anyone's personal life. I really don't. All I know is that Jesus can meet your very need this morning. He can meet your need. All you have to do is go to him. If you need him in your life, say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you've been raised from the dead for me. And I accept you right now in my heart. And if you are a believer and you just need that extra fire, just go to him and say, God, reignite my heart. That's all you got to do. Let us find a place to pray this morning. Turn around your seat, brother. Go ahead and start to sing. Let's seek the Lord right now because he wants to hear from you. Mm -hmm.